We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Cross for me, Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, how you doing, my man? Better than I deserve. We just uh, got to watch uh, Philly in, in, in Boston. Now headed to Game Seven. So good. I mean, we all we just watched the Celtics, Celtics walk into yeah. Philly. Um, yeah. And and send it back home for Game Seven. Maybe yep. a little foreshadowing for our Warriors. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, definitely some hopeful thinking there, you know. Unfortunately for the Warriors, the James they're going against has a has less of a propensity to throw up all over himself in elimination games. So, <laughs> right. they, by the way, they might be the same weight too, although although <laughs> the one with the last name James BMI is, like BMI is different, taller. But but yes, the the scale might say the same thing. Uh, the BMI is probably not the same. There anyway, um, I, I want to just talk about that one second i i'm kind of impressed by jason tatum there just the ability to put together plays down the stretch when he was awful 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 um you know i don't know what's going on with him this postseason his shot has been a mess but the guy definitely has the winning gene in him like he does not quit he does not let it get in his head at least as much as one can um, and from that standpoint, he does remind me a little bit of the Warriors core in the sense of like guys who win consistently tend to have that gene where they don't let it get to them if they just can't hit shots. Yeah, I, there's something weird with him. I believe I think he was one for nine or one for 10, something like that in the first half. And he was up to he one was for a, it was an at one point. Yeah, it, and it was over in the first half previously mm-hmm. um, in the last game. So. And then he wasn't playing well until until the fourth. Um, and then he was he was one for fourteen at, at one point, and then I think made four straight threes on like six or seven possessions uh, in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, full credit to him because it, it was a slog, it was a, a rock fight, it was the whole game was in the mud, both teams, and we saw another Doc and James Harden and Embiid. They can do it all. They can collapse individually, but when they, the three of them coalesce into the triangle of terror, we saw another collapse from them. 
Definitely. Oh, it's so delicious. Um, I mean, none of us are rooting for the Celtics, but it's so delicious to watch. Oh, I, I Doc and I am, Harden I am. and Embiid speak, fail. Speak speak for yourself, but let, let's fast forward to what the people Wait, you're rooting for the Celtics? You're listening to this. It's game time. I, over Philly? Yes. It's not even a question. Sorry. Interesting. Um, Warriors play the, uh, the Lakers today. Game six mm-hmm. for everyone listening to this. And... We do have a piece of news, which feels like the appropriate thing to start the show on here. From friend of the show, Tony Slater. Andrew Wiggins has is questionable for game six with left coastal cartilage fracture. Yeah, that is the same injury Kevon Looney had in game six or sorry. In 2019, it was actually game six where yeah, he yeah, picked it up. Uh, but yes, yeah. the 2019 finals against Toronto, the Toronto yeah. Raptors. Yeah. Um, and so he's questionable. This is an injury players have traditionally been able to play play through more of a pain tolerance situation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you slice it, you know, <laughs> injury to the rib section, cartilage fracture, not words you want to hear going into a must win game. Yeah. So, and, and if you look at it, I, I don't know exactly when it happened, but also friend of the show, the same person that put that update out, Tony Slater. It's I love that you call him Tony, not Anthony. But um, he put out on Twitter his supposition of, of the play in which it may have occurred, which was LeBron boxing him out, boxing Wiggins out. And then he kind of winced and kind of held that aside. I think it was like five and a half minutes left. Yeah. Um, and then there, was, then there was a play a few minutes later in the fourth where LeBron kind of pushed him a little bit um, and and Wiggins got a foul called and shot free throws and he stayed down for a minute. So I don't know. I mean, look, th- that is not an injury you want to go th- face the Don't Lakers with, right? The, the Lakers are the Lakers are very physical. They're big. Uh, you know, we'll get into this later about how how physical and big the Lakers are. But especially, you know, he's been tasked with guarding LeBron and he's done a really good job of it. But th- that is a task that is going to get you beat up. Guarding LeBron is going to get you beat up. So it's not. This is definitely not good news for for the Warriors. Hopefully he is able to go, and it is just a pain tolerance thing. Um, and hopefully AD is able to go, and so there's no yeah. excuses for anybody. But this is it. Yeah, th- it's it's tough news the day before the game for the Warriors. Um, I've seen a few versions of clips where people think it happened. I, the only thing I know for sure is in the fourth quarter, you see him kind of grabbing at his ribs and wincing multiple yep. times. Yep. One would assume one of the many plays in which he's boxing out in contact, which happens basically every play, uh, sometime in the fourth quarter is where it happened. Um, my positive spin on this is he played through it. He didn't exit right. the game when Looney had the fractured cartilage and his was a little higher up. If I remember correctly, it was more towards the collarbone. Um, he exited the game and we all thought he was done for the series. And then he actually played the next game on it and it was pain tolerance, but he did exit the game. Wiggins didn't exit this game. Uh, and then the second part of me, not to downplay the injury in any sense, but this is more me like trying to find a positive thread here. Waiting until the media scrum at 5 p.m. the next day feels a little bit of gamesmanship. If it was that bad, we would have heard about it in the post game. I agree with that. The morning after. I'm not saying he's not in pain. I'm not saying it's not something they're worried about and they're not maintaining. But I'm 
and they're not disclosing the severity of it and they ha- they don't have to and they shouldn't because there's no advantage to it. No, yeah, he's listed as questionable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's some transparency because of the because of the NBA's connection to gambling now. There's some transparency that yeah, is, they, they, is they have to they have to disclose. Yeah. Um, but he's listed as is questionable. I at you know, if you're questionable and it's the playoffs, I assume he's gonna play. I assume that AD is gonna play, who's listed as probable, but for I, I think it I think this injury is specifically damaging to the Warriors because of what Wiggins is called upon to do in this series, which is guard LeBron, and that's a battle. And then maybe the Lakers will switch it up, but AD has been the primary person guarding him, and the Warriors have wanted to bring AD into actions with Steph so and get him away from the basket. So so Wiggins has been setting more screens probably than he has in his whole life. I don't think they went to series. a Steph-Wiggins pick-and-roll all season, and that right. was... Um, kind of the play that drove home the game in game five. It was right. Like, so going, if, if there is something that is going to, you know, test your pain tolerance as it relates to your ribs, your collarbone, your sternum, kind of that area, it's going to be guarding LeBron because there are going to be we're just shoulders and screens. elbows and yeah. setting a bunch of screens. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's not good news for the Warriors and AD, excuse me, and, and Wiggs had a, had a really great game. He was, you know, it was his best game since the last postseason, probably. Um, best game of the in, series, in game five. For sure. yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is this is bad news, but uh, check. This is the playoffs, so check ball. Yeah, I mean, for me, and this is this is just me projecting. I think the endorphins are going to run really high for Game Six. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of thing makes me a little worried about like if they get past this and then the next one and then the next one and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it adds an element to it and it's not, it's not what you want to hear 24 hours before the game. That's for sure. Light years podcast, kick off the new year with new gear built to last our friends at shady rays. Have you covered from the sun to the slopes? with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoors adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection, insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love them, you can also exchange for a new pair, return them, or you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Light Years Podcast always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving our best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code LightYears for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Very I exciting. feel like the series has finally got a little chippy. My my overarching take is it was way too polite the first few games. Now, maybe not the worst thing in the world, you know. I don't need blood sport in game 1, but <laughs> considering the uh, you know, considering LeBron and the Warriors history and general Northern California Southern California rivalries, I think it was pretty polite off the bat. It was pretty deferential. And honestly, a lot of that is you'll just never recreate the 
LeBron, Steph animosity from like 2016. Like they're in a different phase where there's like a level of mutual respect there, but it's here now. Now we got official complaining about the refs and fan bases at each other's throat and kind of what we assumed it would be. Yeah, so now now you have me uh, with visions of Jean-Claude Van Damme like <laughs> dipping right. his his wrapped hands in the resin and then in a broken glass. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and this is this is what this is what the playoffs are, right? This is what the playoffs sure. are about. There was, you know, the there was definitely some animosity in the Warriors Kings series. I think that was more about the fans and on Twitter from from each side. Than actually the the team. Uh, there's a there's a nice little, there a little game. There's a game two incident which I think, uh, which led to a suspension for game three, which fair, might have led yes, to fair. a little more there. But yeah, but so we, we haven't gotten like, we haven't got there yet. Also the the Warriors and the Warriors in Memphis last year, um, the Lakers <laughs> in Memphis this year, and now the Lakers and Warriors this year. This is what the playoffs are, and this is what makes it fun, right? And Look, I they're officially, I, they're officially yeah. sick of playing each other. They're they're at that point where it's like, yeah, you those know, what little those little things that other guys do. It's like, oh great, he's gonna grab, he's gonna grab my my shorts one more time. You're like, all that little stuff starts finally wearing on guys. You know what it's it, it it's like? It's like, uh, you know, the like fourteenth, fifteenth day of of two a days in preseason in the NFL, and like, there's always an offensive lineman defensive lineman fight. Right, it's like I am just. Can we just hit somebody else, please? I am sick of this shit. Yeah, that's that's it's, what, that's what it has become. It's not even personal as much as like you're just kind of fed up, and you just you need to let it out a little bit to move forward. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I mean, the, the the officiating thing, I thought, like it was kind of corny from Steve Kerr after Game Four. I think he should have done it earlier because, like, I don't even think yeah. Steve Kerr believes it. I think it's just like a tactic, which he should play, right? And then Darwin did a little, kind of did a little bit of it after game five. Yeah. But this is, this is a card you play in the playoffs. Phil Jackson would have done it after game one, right? Or like, so yeah. I, I, it, it is, was, it is Phil like kind of thinks you're an idiot if you don't see what he's talking about like there's a level of arrogance to it there's really no one like phil jackson by the no, way he was, i mean it's it's perfect and it did look when you're down three one and how if steve is like searching for answers i think the warriors had had figured some stuff out but had still lost uh the two games in in at yeah. crypto so like you are like it you are always searching for any little edge um i think i think kerr should have gone to that card earlier um, but he didn't, and and Darvin, this is his first opportunity. The other p- weird part of it for for Steve was Game Four, which is the one he complained about, or after rather. Um, in my opinion, was the best officiated game of the series. Agreed. I it, it was. They probably let them play more in that game than any other game in this series, and I, I think. Um, would you agree with me? The less fouls that are called, the more advantageous it is to the Warriors. Like in uh, yes, general, for, two, for for two reasons, yes. exactly. Um, well, maybe even for more than two, but especially because they want to run. Like, that's the main one. Um, and I, if, if the fouls slow the game down and give LeBron and AD breathers, you know, right. the game is the game is slower and there are more stoppages. Um, and 
I the 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 Lakers defense is I don't know that it's elite, but it is damn good. And especially if they get to be especially set up, if they get to set in the right. half court. They're they're a problem in the half court. Um I mean they're good overall defensively, but in the half court they're exceptionally good. And um, the slower game allows the the for the bigger team to, you know, impose that size. Right. Um and the Warriors, yeah, the Warriors are I, I think that's the that has been the biggest adjustment or one of the biggest adjustments is the Warriors want to run at every occasion to test the fitness, test the will, test the patience of LeBron and, and AD specifically. So I do think that the fewer fouls called the more and like the, the, the Warriors have only one option to guard Anthony Davis and that's True. Draymond. So when Draymond is in foul trouble and doesn't feel like he can push to, to be fair, that plays both ways. It's not like the Lakers have a backup for AD either, but he's not, really in foul trouble ever or at least he hasn't been in this series mostly because i i just i don't think draymond's going to one-on-one moves to get him to foul trouble <laughs> not not a lot i mean look shout out draymond at 20 last night so shout out you draymond or, yeah. or two nights ago as you listen to this shout out draymond but no he's not getting that he is he is getting all of those field goal attempts when there is already a huge advantage created for him and he's he's basically operating sure. against open space. so so let's let's talk about that because um to me the real question is, okay, the Lakers are up, so technically they have the advantage. But I kind of feel like the pressure's on them in Game 6 to close out when it feels like the Warriors have figured some things out and there's absolutely no way the Lakers want to blow this and send it back to Chase Center. Um, game five, game 4, and I don't know why they went away from it in Game 4, but that's a different conversation. And then in Game 5... <laughs> The Warriors really countered by just running pick and rolls directly at Anthony Davis. Just get Correct. Steph to accept the switch and then take advantage of the fact that there's no one at the rim. Correct. And it worked. And honestly, like <laughs> Andrew Wiggins looked phenomenal setting screens and just finishing and using yeah, his athleticism. He's going against Dennis Schroeder in yeah. the paint. Um, Draymond, as you said, 20 points. And it looked repeatable if they get that kind of defensive coverage he could do something like that again. And my question for you, because I've been wrapping my brain around this, how do the Lakers counter this now? Do they have to go away from this pick and roll coverage? Is there is there a feasible counter? Because in theory, the Warriors should just spam this at the Lakers until the Lakers give you a reason not to. So a couple of things. The Warriors won't. Yeah, the Warriors should, but the Warriors won't. I, I mean, part of it maybe is the toll that it physically takes on Steph. You know, and and the teams that do this often, like those Houston Rockets teams with Harden, like you see what happens, Luca. You see what happens when you get deep into the playoffs. The toll that that takes on people, like, is is significant. So maybe that's the excuse, or not excuse. Maybe that's the reason. Um, Steph is the best conditioned athlete in the NBA, as far as I'm concerned. I don't as far know as why. Concerned. I don't know why they went away from it. It was very successful in the first half of game four. I don't know why they went away from it in the second half of game four. Yeah, let's put that one away, though. Let's assume game six, they're going to. But so what? So I so so it's two things. Yes, I think the Warriors should spam that. My, My point, if you're looking at this from the Lakers perspective, though, is I'm not sure that the Warriors will spam it to the degree that they should. However, I do think that the way that the Lakers are guarding it presently, the Warriors have figured out. It is all about getting Anthony Davis away from the basket. And then whether it's Steph attacking Anthony Davis or whether Steph is then giving up the ball and letting other people attack, there's nobody mm-hmm. at the rim. Um, 
So I don't, I mean, look, Steph Curry is the boogeyman. I don't think you can say, so I, I do think the Lakers need to switch it up. But if you say it's going to be any one thing or mostly any one thing, it doesn't matter what it is. Steph has seen it all and he knows how to beat it all. True. So I do think it's going to be more straight switching from the Lakers. I do think that you're eventually the Lakers are probably just going to say, fuck it and just blitz and say, we'll live with, we'll live with the rest of it. Um, but then I think for the Lakers, the decision becomes if we're going to just blitz this and just play straight up four and three, because it's kind of been like a sort of soft switch and soft blitz, right. but not really. And then it makes the pocket pass for Steph to whoever he's passing it to too easy. Right. Um, I do think there is going to be some times where depending on who sets the screen that the Lakers are just going to send to just blitz, get the ball out of Steph's hand and then dare Andrew Wiggins to make a play, right? Like if it's Draymond, you don't want to do that because he's so good in that short role. GP2 is damn good in it too, which is why I think he's was inserted into the starting lineup. Yep. But depending on who it is, you know, if it's Clay, I think depending on who it is, I think the Lakers may just have to live with sending two on Steph and living with somebody other than Dre making a play for everybody else. Agreed. I mean, I think the Lakers, it gets back to the only real adjustment they can make is they actually have to be more physical on offense. If they can just force themselves to the line a little more often, that'll do more to help their defense than any sort of specific adjustment in how they want to guard the pick and roll. Um, I but really this think is, this a- is the quandary of Steph, though. This is like 30 is this most terrifying offensive force ever well there's no there's, there's no, no answer it's an there is no answer puzzle. it's just a question of which which uh which door do you want to open and will that guy potentially hit a shot you know will it potentially generate a layup or something like that um <laughs> will it be will it be andrew wiggins in the corner or alfonso mckinney in the corner sure sure i, I mean, mean a boxing one is an answer but i mean maybe i'm talking out of school here but the lakers don't have never practiced a box. They don't have if if the Lakers play box and one, it is it signals desperation, and it might be the best answer. But like <laughs> box, it, it is one not something AD the Lakers the play. Lightyear's podcast kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoors adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection, insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love them, you can also exchange for a new pair, return them, or you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Light Years Podcast always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving our best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code LightYears for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Interesting stat that was shared with me that kind of ties to the tire out philosophy here. Anthony Davis in the first and second half of games this series. First half of games, averaging 16 points, 65% from the field. Mm -hmm. Matches the eye test. He's had some monster starts to the games this series. 
Second half of games this series, 6.4 points, 44% from the field. It doesn't really take a genius to tell you he's big. They play a very physically intensive style, and there's probably some wear down. To his credit, he's still been a monster defensively. Like, he single-handedly won game four with his defense. You know, Lonnie Walker is a different story, but, like, he's still – I can't think of another big who could contest Steph the way he did at the end of game four. There isn't one. With 40-plus minutes on their legs, like that type of thing. So, like, it's not like he's ineffective, but part of the reason he's a top 10, maybe top five player is the two-way play, and it is kind of – wearing him down a little bit there what do you Mm -hmm. give to my theory there that it's just like the Warriors strategy overall is just like just continually attack him he does not have the legs to hang with Steph over 44 games for yes and so what's that's that's the interesting part right is when I said maybe the reason that the Warriors don't spam it as much as I would like or think they should or Warriors fans would would hope is that it wears Steph down but it also wears AD down and LeBron down, right? So it's Steph going against the, everybody's tired at that point. Yeah. Um, so I do think that is part of it. I do think, well, I, I do think that's a lot of it is AD wearing down in the second half of games. I do think that's a lot of it. The other part of it though, and is that at least in game one specifically, um, he was going up against Looney in the first half and just destroyed him. AD just AD, like, Loon Loon is a really good player, but he just can't handle AD. He can't guard him. So well, yeah, Draymond guards him better. That goes I've, well. Draymond guards him as Draymond guards him better than anybody on planet Earth. Sure. Um, sure. But in the first half of Game One, so I think the stats are skewed slightly because in the first half of Game One, AD just destroyed Looney, who he's not going up against mm-hmm. nearly as much now. Um, so I think that's a part of it. But I do think a big factor in it is AD. Um, I, I, my guess is AD has the most asked of him defensively in the league as far as like movement and what is asked when you can, when you can, and when you consider matchup, I don't think it's close. Right. Yeah. So, because, because you're dealing with a guy who's going to, who just doesn't stop. He's a marathon runner. Right. And and like, you know, there's, there's a bunch of big guys who block shots. Like, you know, Brooke Lopez blocks a bunch of shots. Go bear. Those guys do not get asked to switch out onto the wing or switch out on the perimeter as much or as effectively as, as, as AD does. And then combine that with none of those guys have anywhere near the offensive responsibility. So I do think there is something to the thought that maybe he does wear down in the second half, kind of understandably. Um, so I, I do think that is a factor to his. And they don't have less a efficient for offense. him right now. I mean, it's the playoffs. Everyone's playing heavy minutes, but they don't have. I mean, what what's the back? Who are they playing as a backup? It's it's. I mean, nobody. LeBron yeah, exactly. Le- LeBron. LeBron I mean, like I don't. Yeah. Wenyon Wenyon didn't play. Wenyon has played here and there. Mo Bamba hasn't played at all. Wenyon has played here and there in this series. Barely played in the Memphis series. Um, it's sure like their backup five is LeBron or like Rui. The two of them out there together. I don't know whoever you want to call the big five, wings. But they're yeah. certainly certainly not a big right now. So yeah, I mean the, the Lakers do not play anybody over six eight other than Anthony Davis. Yeah. So I mean it's in some ways what the charm of this series beyond you know all the top seven first ballot Hall of Famers and just all the history is like yeah, there's little tactical changes they make every game. 
but they're so transparent strategically with what they both want to do. There's such a clash of styles. Very the little so. team who wants to run you to death versus the big team who wants to slow it down and play inside out. And everything they're going to do, including game six, whatever tweaks they make, Warriors are going to try to speed it up. Lakers are going to try to slow it down. Doesn't really – everything is just towards that goal. There's not going to be – the Lakers aren't pulling the Mike Brown – Game six, I'm randomly going to go small and try to shoot you strategy. Well, I, I mean, I think the Lakers may change their starting lineup. Um, I think the Lakers should change their starting lineup. Vanderbilt I final. I mean, at this point, Vanderbilt, the, the last two or three games, he's been like a ceremonious starter and then just getting yeah, subbed what are off. They, yeah, what do they call it? The, I don't remember what they call it, but the guy that started for starts for a few. Uh, oh, the Keith Bogans, right? I, maybe yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, the Keith Bogans. You know, where he starts for a couple minutes and he just starts and then comes out immediately and doesn't play again. Yeah, um, yeah Vando's minutes have have been uh, on the decline. I think every game he's played uh, fewer than the previous game. I think Correct. like he played twenty five in, in the first game, and Looked that good was the really first the one. Yeah. yeah, and that was really the only game that he was like he was a problem for Steph in game one. Um, but since then, look, and this is the thing again, like with Steph, it's an unsolvable puzzle. Steph will figure you out. And when you figure, when he, Steph figures you out and. I and that was game one was as it's much over. about like, we're just not going to play Draymond and Looney together. Um, we're going to spread yes. it out a little more and expose the fact that, you know, Vando's not really a shooting threat and. No, he's going to stand in the corner and go for it. And, but the other part of it is it gives Steph somebody and Steph is a like, Steph gets like some people exaggerate how good of a defender Steph is. And then there's another group of people that exaggerate it in a poor direction. Steph is fine. He's okay. But he is hiding on Vando. And if you remove Vando from the game, it doesn't give Steph somebody like natural to guard, um, at least among the starters. So I think that's another reason why maybe the Lakers should probably adjust and remove him. I don't know. I don't know that they will, but what's your prediction for? What's your prediction for who the fifth starter is? Because it goes without saying LeBron, AD, D'Lo, and um, Austin. Austin Reeves are for yeah. sure starting. Same way like the fifth Warriors starter has been a question. Who's Who are you going? So, I, th- I, think, I think there's – well, I think there's three options. Um, Lonnie, yes, because there's only three guys they are playing. Other than <laughs> yeah, because, they, because they only – right. Because they only play eight guys. Um Lonnie, maybe because you know, offensively, he probably gives you the most. Um, Rui, Rui's got size. Rui's got the size, of, and if you want to press the advantage, right? If you want to keep with the Lakers' <laughs> identity, which is to be big and kind of bludgeon teams, that would do that. And he Schroeder to annoy everyone. He provides a little bit more offensively than Vando. I don't think he provides enough, though, to offset the defensive difference. Um, so my guess is Schroeder um, because he has been kind of Darvin Ham's security blanket for this entire season. Um, and I think he does the best job straight up on Steph. The Warriors aren't really worried about him shooting either. And he kind of has some fits and starts shooting the ball. The, and again, the Warriors aren't, aren't worried about it. But for the reason that he can they'll just live kind of with, Steph, They'll live with their chances with Dennis Schroeder not making eight threes. Yes, yes. And he also gets run off the line some because his release is pretty slow. Yeah. I mean, he's okay. He's he's fine as a shooter, but 
He is um, a pest. I'll say this. I, I'm he, surpri- I think he can I'm, change the energy and pick Steph up full court as Vando was doing in game one and then just doesn't anymore. I'm Although surprised. I'm surprised that they haven't got into it with him more because he is a pest. Like yeah. it's part of what makes him effective. He loves to get under people's skin and then just kind of smirk at them. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it, that's his whole thing. I mean, I've seen Steph and pool and them just kind of like laugh and get, but like the annoyed laugh, like I'm trying not to react to it, but you can tell they're annoyed by it. Who I'm wondering it in, if it actually breaks. Who was it in game two or three? I think it was game three. One mm-hmm. of the Warriors took, had like a wide open below the break, but not necessarily corner, but below the break three. And Dennis was kind of like looking over there as if, am I going to close this out? And just kind of like waved his hand, like go ahead and turned around. Like, like he's, he's a pest. He's a pest. That's yes. there's a reason he's called Dennis the Menace. He's a pest. Yes. It's not just the, the alliteration, the rhyme. Um, okay. Last thing I want to hit on before we get out of here. Game six, clay, the mythical. Mm-hmm. We getting it tonight. Cause he's, on the one hand, forget game six. I might say I think there's a good chance he has a good game because he's due. He shot the ball poorly about three games in a row now. He had that awesome game two and then game three, four, and five. Um, even though I think he played better overall in game five, the shooting has not been there. He's been right. a little bit of a slump. Right. So if this and was can, anywhere... And- and I, I just want to throw this out there. Friend of the show, Marcus Thompson, put out a piece on that. And there was a lot of pointed quotes from Steph and Draymond and other guys kind of alluding to the fact if he relaxes, the shots will come. In other words, don't press for it. <laughs> right. You know, forcing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been a few times this year they've talked to him about yep. forcing it because Clay's Clay's yep. definitely the guy who if he he thinks he could shoot his way out of anything. And right, he gets into that Dylan Brooks shot selection. Yeah. And I mean, he is one of the two or three best shooters of all time. So I, I kind of disgusted that you put his name next to Dylan Brooks. <laughs> no, no, but, no, uh, no, no, no. Not two or three, two. He's two. Yeah. But, but, but my point is, uh, he thinks he can just will it. And sometimes you just need to let it breathe and it'll happen naturally yeah. when you're that gifted at it. Um, and they're trying to put that out there. I'm wondering, are we going to get that in game six or are we going to get more of the pressing clay? So if this was anywhere, if this game was played anywhere but crypto, I would say yes, because I believe I believe in clay, right? Like, I just believe in clay. If this was but for whatever reason, and this is true of Steph, too. Both of them just have shooting struggles at crypto. It's for the lighting, reason. dude. I've, I've yeah, maybe. But they've, I, but they've closed out. I'm positive it's the lighting because go look up their shooting numbers against the Clippers. Right. That, well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. And, and you're right about that. That's a, that's a good little nugget for everybody for all the light years goons. Yeah, it's like that, Steph's had like multiple different five lighting. points when like Paul yeah. George is guarding him type of games. And and the Warriors. I mean, they didn't play that well in that Clippers series where where KD had I think 50 to close it out, but. There's something about that building and the Lakers that Steph and Clay both have struggled. Now, I did see Clay, I believe, made, I think he made his first 10 shots and they were all threes. He did, there was a game where Clay hit 10 straight threes um, there. And I was, I remember being very excited about it because I'm close with, with Clay's dad, Michael. And I remember being very excited about, you know, Michael getting to see Clay have that type of game. 
Right. But other than that, it's been a struggle for him. I just, I mean, kind of, it's it's kind of like the Warriors and the the dynasty and these guys, Steph, Clay, and Draymond in general. Like, even if there are reasons, like all the evidence says, or the the recent evidence says, like I don't know about this. I, I just, you just can't bet against them. Like, so like, I'm I'm not betting against Clay in Game Six. So. I have less. I, I'm le- I have less confidence in it because it's at crypto and against the Lakers. But like, then there's also the side of me that says like, you never bet against Clay, and if anybody can do it, it's going to be that dude. Yeah, pretty much. First two games of this series, by the way, he was 14 for 27 from three. Last three games of the series, he has been eight of 24. So 30. It's not been good. He's He's due um, shot selection. Again, it was better in game five. He didn't hit anything, but he at least stuck with the script instead of trying to force his way the whole way through. Um, I actually was on it, I, it, the the more confusing one for me is Steph. I, and I think it's like because Clay, it's in front of his dad and he grew up in in Orange County, which, you know, is right here. Mm-hmm. So but Steph is the, and I think it was on your show. I don't know, two days ago, maybe, maybe it was after game four, I think. And one of the goons looked it up and said, Steph was shooting 29% at, at crypto since, I don't know. I'm telling it you, so it's the lighting. And the reason I'm optimistic that it may not translate to game six is shooters can shoot. It's give them enough reps, whole adjust to different sight lines and lighting. But when they go in there on a random game, it just throws them off a little bit. And you know that little bit's the difference between going five of 10 versus two of 10 for guys that good, you know? So that's, I don't that think, is fair, yeah. I don't think there's anything like the Lakers have a secret or he's afraid of the moment, you know, playing in front of Jack Nicholson or anything like that. <laughs> I just think for whatever reason, the way – crypto is lit at lakers game which is it, it can you describe it the lighting so, is a little different than no it is it is, it is different and and um dr bus who who owned the team and passed away you mm-hmm. know and is the architect well not the architect but kind of conceptualized showtime he mm-hmm. decided back to the great western forum that he wanted the focus to be on the court so it is lit on the court and then the surrounding areas are dull the, the crowd the lighting is down and on the court it's kind of a spotlight a big giant spotlight on the court they brought that to staples and now crypto right and like you're you're kind of i mean like i don't i don't think you're making a joke but people will think of this as a joke but it is a real thing that lighting is patented like nobody else can use it the only that like specific combination and that color um that the Knicks also light the floor and dark darken the the seating, which ironic. There's no issues with shooting at MSG for no, but 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 it is it is a different yeah. I don't like a hue or I don't, like I don't know mm. how we describe lighting, but it is a it like the color of it is slightly different. How it is lit for Lakers games is literally patented, yeah. uh, so it's, it is different. It's unique. Like, look, basketball. It's not baseball where you have like, you know, in Boston, they have the green monster and out here the, and like the parks are different. But those little subtleties with the way the, the sight lines look, the backdrop, Absolutely. the lighting, they do matter to shoot. Well, yeah, go look at like at, at college game, you know, at the final four when they go play, at, you know, those huge football stadiums. At Brick City for the most right. part. Right, or they go play, <laughs> uh, you know, do they still do college basketball? Do they still play on the battleships? Like, 
you know, they like do. Michigan I State and Duke will play early. Yeah, they do do that. And like, yeah, that one's an obvious one because now you're dealing with wind and it's just, it's not exactly, well, it's, let's just say you, you want to get to the cup in those type of games more than you want to shoot from the outside. Let's just, let, I mean, not that I'm inclined to do such things, but I would suggest first half unders in those. In those yeah, games. exactly. Exactly. So I think it's, um, you know, if you wanted me to put numbers on it, I'm going to say 30% LA. In other words, players do things when they go to LA in the middle of the season that they might not do when they go to Salt Clay Lake City. And, Clay and Dre, definitely. Steph, not, not as much. Move, move those guys to above 50%. Um, yeah, right. And I'll put 60% lighting, sight lines just being a little different. And then I'll put 10, five to 10% just randomness being yeah. mixed in. But third game, third game in a week there. I'm betting big one of those two guys has an outside shooting performance. How much fun um, is this, by the way? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We're going to have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with the Corgi right now. Mm-hmm. I might buy, I might buy a Corgi. Do we know the Corgi's name? I will find it out. It, it's it's handle is Air Corgi. So okay. all right, good. um and, and it's know. edited strangely, but obviously it's released before the series. Did did I know that the Corgi had it three one and then the Warriors then three, win? Yeah. The Warriors win five, the war, six, and war, seven. The Corgi's currently five for five. He's nailed it the whole Oh, way. okay. So he knew the individual games back and forth yes. that he had. He, oh, He's got right. everyone right. He, go, he went Lakers, oh. Warriors, Lakers, Lakers, Warriors. Warriors, Warriors. And he's obviously got Warriors the last two. Wow. Um, and this Corgi is, you know, it's, I haven't seen Warriors fans unite around something random like this since the toaster. Yeah, yeah. Clay signing the toaster. Yeah. Yeah. So now we got the coaster. We got the toaster and we got the Corgi. Uh, anyway, can we get Aaron four game sevens, please? I think yes. that's what I'm rooting for. I just want four game sevens. Everyone, everyone send their mother's flowers. You know, sorry. I'll see you another day. It's my brother's birthday too, uh, Sunday. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'll come up for the for the game. Maybe you'll be busy, but maybe I'll come up for the game seven. We'll see. All right, I appreciate you, man. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.